Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those that like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joe Milmine and this is episode 40, The Prince of Brioche, an interview with Stephen West. Hello everybody and welcome back into the show. I hope you've been well since the last time I spoke to you. Today is Friday the 3rd of April and it will be a departure from the usual format of the show in that it will be a standalone interview with Stephen West. I found out that Stephen was going to be attending Edinburgh Yarn Festival amongst the flurry of excitement that he would be teaching a class and decided that I simply had to interview him <laughs> so I uh, I popped along an email asking would he be so kind if he had time uh, to come along to chat to me and I was delighted when he said yes I'd love to so we made a plan to get together on the Sunday morning following the cafe Ray and uh, he was an absolute delight. I wasn't entirely sure what to expect other than some rather brightly coloured lycra uh, and a whole lot of brioche and um, there was definitely some brioche there but he was an absolute um, uh, he was an absolute delight to to chat to he was very down to earth and it was really sweet actually it's an absolute sweetheart so I very much enjoyed chatting to him and hearing all about uh, his influences and the way that he works and he designs. The main prompt to speak to him came from chatting to Kate Davies, which you will remember from episode 34, uh, if you haven't listened to it. Again, that is another interview episode with her. And in that interview, she specifically mentioned Stephen as one of the designers that she found very inspiring. So I thought it'd be really interesting to speak to him and find out, you know, are there any parallels between the way that they work? Because they both have extremely different styles, but yet both very successful in their own way, despite being so completely different in in their look. Uh, How their photography is done, how their design is done, is completely different, but yet they're both really popular. So I thought it'd be interesting just to see things from his side really just get get his opinion on things pick his brains a little bit have a little bit of a chat and um it was it was an absolute pleasure uh for those of you that haven't met him before and neither had i up to up to this point funny old thing um he's about six foot three i would say but because he's trained in musical theatre, he stands up, he's got beautiful posture, so he stands up very tall with very open shoulders, with his, his head held up, because obviously due to the years of dance training, which only serves to make him seem even taller. And then he usually has a brioche hat as well, which adds an, an inch or two on top of that. So um, it, it's, it's, he does have an almost larger than life physical appearance and then there is the theatrical side uh, to his personality that he talks about in the interview which I guess is is partly kind of coming back to his background rather than his heritage I would say um, as a dancer and and also because he's he's quite introverted he said he's he's he is an introvert and maybe this other side of his personality is that 
kind of coping with that really but as I said it was really good fun to interview he was very kind of candid with his answers he was a, a great laugh and I hope that you will enjoy listening to the interview as much as I enjoyed recording it as you can hear as I giggle along in the background it was it was really good fun it was recorded in the podcast lounge so the acoustics are different to what you're used to hearing on the podcast because it's kind of on location if you will there is someone with some ridiculously clippy cloppy shoes um so I've tried to kind of reduce that background noise as much as possible but there is an element of that um hopefully that'll give you a little bit a bit of atmosphere something different to what you're used to hearing and uh, I hope you'll enjoy the interview so get comfy, grab your Westnitz work in progress and let's go back to the future to chat with Westnitz. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people want to know whether you're like Stephen West, your persona. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I have like a split personality. Yeah. So I'm a yeah, true introvert mm. at heart. I, like, I think like a lot of knitters. Yeah. Like I'm, my normal day is just being alone at home, doing my stuff. But then I have like all these ideas and fantasies in my head. Like, oh, I love color and um, theatrics. And so I have this other side of me that's extreme extrovert, mm. yeah. but in bursts. So it comes out when I meet some people or when in my classes it comes out sometimes but like when I'm alone it's no time yeah, yeah. so um, I love your shoes <laughs> I got stitch markers have you been to Harvey Nichols in town yet? no what is that? Um, Harvey Nichols is a department store yeah and in the window of Harvey Nichols they have some really strange sort of iguanas that uh-huh. have been made out of the soles of shoes oh cool oh, knitting that. needles and it's back and stitch markers oh my gosh crazy Perfect. yeah but they have like a champagne bar on the fourth floor yeah I could totally see you there knitting good view mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. view of the castles um, <laughs> oh sorry completely distracted there <laughs> um, so thank you very much for agreeing to come and do an interview yes, thanks um, for having me that's okay it's a pleasure um, so can you tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you came to be interested in sort of Yarny Pursuits? Yeah, well, I planned it from a very young age. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, I wanted to be like a singer or a dancer. Like, um, I was always doing something creative. Um, so I learned to knit while doing musical theatre because you have to wait backstage mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot of downtime. So some friends taught me. Um, it was really rocky start, but it got me interested. Mm-hmm. And I always did something like origami or making jewelry, and those were just phases. Mm-hmm. But knitting from the very beginning was clearly not a phase. Yeah. And you know that when you teach a knitter, like, oh, do they just want to make a hat or are they hooked? Yeah. And they're going to have a thousand skeins of yarn at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was one of those. And uh, I got even more hooked when I found my first local yarn store. Mm-hmm in Urbana, Illinois. I studied dance there at a university and I found my local yarn store, learned more things. I encountered wool and figured that it was nicer to knit with than acrylic. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I found pattern books, Rowan books were one of the first things I saw um, besides, I don't know, whatever the leaflets were at Michael's, the big yeah. box store. Yeah. So that got me really, really hooked and then I begin designing it just kind of developed from modifying patterns because I have a little different style I would say than (laughs) (laughs) most guys and even knitters but um, 
yeah, just how I wear it and how I approach it is, yeah, a little different perspective. I consider it unisexy. Yeah. You know, I'm not so traditional and so single-minded and what the rules are and what things have to be like. I make my own rules, and that's kind of how I've always been, and that's how I think about knitting. I make it colorful, and I do what I want. I self-publish and have fun the whole time. Yeah, it's definitely an element of fun in your knitting. Mm -hmm. I'll agree with that. <laughs> so what was the point then where you went from your knitting backstage and um, your yarn store mm -hmm. in Illinois to it becoming more of a business venture for you? Yes. Um, I started sharing a pattern, a free pattern on Ravelry, and my, the owner of my local yarn store asked me to do that for a local arts festival, to have a little display in her shop. So I did that, and people made it, and I thought that was really cool. Like, oh my gosh, I shared this thing, and like people are like listening to me. I've always kind of been like that, like, mom, look at me, look, I can do a backbend, I can do a cartwheel, look, I just learned a handspring. So I'm like, look at me, look what I can do. Um, so I still got that inside of me, yeah. and I own that. Like, I think it's a great thing to be like, like, hey everyone, like, check this out. Yeah, and not be, you know, defeated and shy. And, you know, sometimes I'm a little shy, but I think it's important to give. Um, and I definitely do that with color and with my photos and with the output of patterns. I love creating new things and sharing them and seeing other people translate them um, and apply their own style to it. Yeah. Um, I'm most inspired by projects I see where they take an idea and take it even further yeah. and make it personal because that's what I do and then I present it my way, but I don't expect people to do it in the same exact color and mm. wear it the same exact way, but I don't know. If they did, if they showed up looking just like me, I think that'd be great. <laughs> like a little knitting West Knits twin. Uh, that would be amazing. Oh, if you told me, I'd have practiced a bit better. No, no. <laughs> You're wearing the shawl real nice. You got oh, your stripes you. and it's really uh, good. So what does the average day look like then for you? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people want to know the answer to this question. What does West Knits do all day? Well, there's... <laughs> On tour West Knits, oh. which is really, really glamorous, not all the time. Um, <laughs> I saw when you it's, day. it's like teaching, go, 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 and I'm exhausted, and I don't get to knit as much, and I eat chocolate in the evening and fall asleep, and then do it all over again, teach, teach, teach. Um, my normal day, what I consider normal, is knitting like eight hours a day, and, um, you know, just eight to ten hours a day. Um, I take breaks. People ask me a lot of questions. Like, how do you knit that much? Um, first of all, I'm obsessed. Second of all, I take some breaks. Um, I danced a lot, so I'm aware of, you know, how I'm sitting and what muscles I'm using. Yeah. Um, just checking in with yourself. Like, are my shoulders up to my ears? Do they need to be there in order to do a cable? The answer is always no. Um, so, yeah, I go to coffee uh, cafes and cafe hop um, I work in my yarn shop in Amsterdam a couple days a week and yeah now I, I also take breaks now to um, do little photo shoots in my house go around <laughs> the city and take photos and I just started my own TV show on YouTube really? yeah self-produced there's two episodes out already it's called The West Knits Show but it's hosted by Stephen East Knits and he's a little more sassy and a little fun, he likes to do things differently. He makes fun of Steven sometimes, West Knits, but he likes style and color, so he hosts the YouTube show. So that's my new project. Oh, and how are you finding that? 
I find it fun because, I don't know, I just get to talk to myself and like release all my fantasy ideas and it's really silly, but I take it really silliously, <laughs> seriously. Um, yeah. Yeah, what is the yarn project. scene like in uh, Amsterdam? Um, the yarn scene in Amsterdam is really vibrant. There's a lot of knitters. Um, it's a little smaller, I'd say, uh, compared to America. Yeah. I go there to teach a lot, and it's really fanatical in America. Yeah. And in Amsterdam, it's more chill, uh, but still a lot of amazing knitters and three shops in the city. Which one would you recommend, other than your own, obviously? Oh, other than my own, <laughs> I would say my own. Um, I like, the Offstop is one that sells all the Rowan yarns, mm. and they've been around for, I don't know, I think three decades at least, wow. or something, for a long time in the center, and they have a huge library of books, mm. so that would be my other favorite. Uh, yeah. Um, so, obviously you've talked about a bit about your daily routine and things. Can you talk us through your sort of design process when you're going to design a new item? Mm -hmm. How does that all work? I very much design while I knit. So mm. I do less of sketching and planning and thinking. And then, okay, I want this kind of shape. This is how I do it. Now it's time to execute. Mm. I have to like figure it out while I go and make mistakes and just repeat those mistakes <laughs> and write them down and call it a design. <laughs> That's what I do sometimes. Um, but I base a lot of the things I make off of previous explorations. Oh, right, yeah. So I think of all my designs as um, kind of like a swatch, mm. a, stud a recorded study. And then I work it out until it's kind of a repetitive, clear kind of pattern. Mm -hmm. It's not always all over the place. You know, I want people to be able to follow it. Mm. But I go from there and then add some color from that previous idea. And, um, so I've been knitting kind of all day, every day, the last five years. So yeah. that's a long time to build um, yeah, a series of shawls. I have like 200 shawls now. <laughs> and it's been like a study from the basic triangle to exploding that shape, incorporating color and texture. And now I'm really interested in modular construction, where it's not just one direction, but multi-directional fabrics so it's yeah figuring it out while I go yeah. while I knit oh awesome that's really interesting yeah. um, so no journey is ever a smooth one and all businesses have their ups and downs can you think about a time where maybe things didn't quite go to plan uh, what happened and what you learned as a result of it yeah I think Well, I always underestimate the timing of projects. So like when you commit to, oh, I'm going to do a book, and you work on all the the projects, and you don't record the patterns. It's like, okay, this is taking longer. Um, I wanted to have it done this year, but maybe I should have written all the details when I did it the first time. So I'm trying to get better about that, writing things down as I go, because you save time in the end. So I guess for me... It's not a failure because um, if I commit to something, I usually finish it eventually. But yeah. yeah, sometimes books take a lot longer to get out than I originally planned. So, is that because you get absorbed in the process, or? Yeah, it's because I get absorbed in what I'm doing, and because I work for myself, I don't always have someone, another voice, telling me like you have to do this. I'm like, well, 
I found this new yarn and I want to work with that now. Yeah. <laughs> so I work on several projects at once. Mm-hmm. So I'm very scattered. Um, eventually things get done, but usually not in the order yeah. that I started them. So like the Westnitz at Home book that just came out on Ravelry, yeah. I made those patterns, some of them two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And the photos were done two years ago now, mm. and it's just now coming out. So at the same time, I'm releasing patterns like currently, things mm. like cast on two weeks ago and finished and took pictures of. So there's pictures of me on Ravelry timeline-wise, like two years ago with my mohawk, and then yeah. like last week with my pink hair. So it's like, you changed your look quite fast. But yeah, it's different timing. Oh, awesome. Um, so... Which other knitwear designers inspire you then, and why? Some of my favorite knitwear designers. I love. I feel like Vera, Vera, um, is my like garter stitch stripe soul sister. Um, I just love her casual, fun, fresh attitude to knitting. It's simple, but there's always like a little fun element, um, and that's kind of my kind of knitting. I like. Yeah, simple stitches and bright colors and just a fun little twist in there. So I love her style. And um, I've always been following Isolde. She was yeah. one of the first independent designers um, I noticed. And I met her five years ago, six years ago, I think, mm-hmm. in Chicago oh, when wow. she had Whimsical Little Knits, yeah. the first one. And I went to the book signing. I made like a hat and a blanket of hers and I showed her. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to design too. You fangirl this older. Yeah. I think that was maybe after I designed like two or three patterns. But um, That's awesome. I always love, she's always ahead of the game. She's always doing the next thing mm. um, with technology, with self-publishing. Mm. And it's just great to see someone working on their own that strongly. Um, yeah, that's really inspiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I thought you guys had all been pals forever. <laughs> since we were little, since we were babies, yeah. <laughs> okay, then, so which one thing that you know now do you wish you had known when you first picked up a ball of yarn? I wish I knew... Um, I don't know if I wish I knew this, but I... Yeah, I wish I knew that there... No, I don't know. I'm thinking about neon right now. <laughs> Are you rocking a very nice neon? Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I wish I knew. Yeah, I sort of wish I knew when I started to knit where I would be now mm. with it. Like, just in terms of my attitude and color and style, because I took it for a period of time more seriously than I do now Yeah. and with these rules in my head like a sweater has to be constructed this way um, a scarf has to be this kind of shape and now I'm really free and open about what a scarf shape can be and how you can construct fabric so I wish I had even more um, looseness about those construction style ideas and yeah, I didn't take things that seriously but I wish I loosened up even more earlier on. Yeah. That's when I knit and also in school, like mm. being less of a rule follower and yeah. being more and more of a rule breaker. 
You can yeah. definitely see that in your work from the earlier things, which mm -hmm. were a little bit more conventional. Yeah. I can see the rule breaking yeah. a, a sort of as you've gone through time. Yeah, and I still love them. You know, I had to do that to get to what I'm doing now. Absolutely. And what I'm doing now, I hope I'm not repeating the same exact thing, you know, two, three years from now and ten years from now. Um, first of all, I hope I'm still knitting. <laughs> I hope I don't never get sick of it. That would be a nightmare. Or get a wool allergy. That's like my worst nightmare. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crazy. Um, okay then, so Desert Island Skeins. If you were marooned on a desert island and you could only take one skein of yarn, mm -hmm. obviously we're pre-planning this marooning on mm -hmm. a desert island, which one would you take? Tosh Marina Light Edison Bulb. Oh wow, straight in there, <laughs> no message. Tosh Marina Light Edison Bulb, that's like my go-to skein. When I run out of that, I just have to get another one just to have it in my stash. Oh. Like my emergency color is Edison Bulb. And I love Tosh Marina Light. It's a great drapey yarn. Mm. Um, it might not be the best for Desert Island because it wouldn't hold up the best for ripping out and re-knitting. Because mm -hmm. I would want to you know, keep using that yarn. So maybe maybe I could talk to Amy at Madeline Tosh to do like an everlasting TML where it like always stays brand new, yeah. even if you knit it a hundred times. So we'll, yeah. we'll work on that technology. Yeah, we'll just find, in case. We'll find yeah. a new sheep for that. Well, you never know. It's South African Merino. It's mm -hmm. nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what's your favorite or go-to resource for yarn stuff or business that you couldn't do without? Favorite? What do you mean? Like favorite resource? For well, some people say Ravelry. Um, oh. Some people, a lot of people say Ravelry. Mm -hmm. Some people say an accountant. Some people mm -hmm. say different stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, my favorite resource, yeah, definitely Ravelry. That's like, I don't know. It's the go-to for all knitters. It's, mm. yeah, it's, it's why... Like I knit before Ravelry and there were other websites, but it's, I think, given so much to our community yeah. and it's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's like just um, helped grow, the help the whole industry grow. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my go-to forever. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so where can the listeners find you? on the internet so we've talked about East Knits versus West Knits on, yeah. show, on YouTube you can find me I have West Knits um, a group on Ravelry West Knits on Facebook I always post updates and announcements and on YouTube search West Knits episode and you'll find my episodes so you'll find Stephen East Knits there <laughs> to entertain you and I have lots of fun videos the Swance dance video yeah someone actually speculated whether you would mm -hmm. come wearing Swance today for the interview not, yeah not to, I'm wearing pattern pants yeah. but it's a little toasty uh, it would be a little toasty in Swance uh, I do have some cotton Swance oh. but I had to pack light I had to only bring like 50 shawls with me so exactly yeah the shawls had to fit somewhere <laughs> They take priority in my life. They're my babies, my shawls. <laughs> um, do you have any sort of words of advice for people who are looking to get into the industry, maybe as a designer or a dyer or a shop owner? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give them? Just dive in. Um, do what you love. Like knit with the yarns you love. Um, if you have like a pattern idea, if you want to do patterns, just share that with someone get someone to test it out share pictures of it um i'd say don't hold things back mm. because i think if you're trying something new you want to do it the right way at the right time i don't know what that way is or what that when that time is yeah but so for me the most important thing is just to get my ideas out because i find the more i hold on to them it just the more stale they become yeah. and then they're just history and um, they're not as relevant a year from now 
So yeah, just get your ideas out. Go to events like this, mm. Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It's amazing. There's so many people, um, so many different styles and products to encounter. So yeah, just get out there and yeah, don't lag. Just move forward and put your ideas and work out in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's a scary thing, I think, when you first go out there and how people will react to what yeah, you've produced. Yeah, yeah. If I look back at my first things, like I would approach it differently now, mm. but that's because I'm in a different place now and I have a different style and aesthetic, and um, I love the things I did, but I'm moving on, and yeah. Yeah, I don't like to go back. I like to move forward. That's in my knitting. I don't like to rip out my knitting. Hmm. I rarely rip my knitting. I will drop it and start something new yeah. or just leave it be and just call it a design feature, <laughs> that hole. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of like moving forward then, what is next for Westnitz? Well, I'm going to do some more traveling um, this year, um, little European visits. I'm going to visit Berlin, um, London, the UK. I'll come in the spring and I'm going to teach in Paris in May. So little trips. Um, I have some new patterns coming out. Um, I'm really obsessed with brioche stitch. Yeah. Brioche stitch. It's. I'm declaring it the stitch of the year. Uh, well, you're rocking the stitch of the year at the moment. I love it. Nancy Marchant is the brioche queen, mm-hmm. and I'm going for the brioche. Well, I don't know, king. Prince. Ha- yeah, maybe the adopted prince <laughs> of brioche stitch. Um, <laughs> So I'm obsessed with that. So you'll see some more brioche patterns. The first brioche shawl is coming soon. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Can you give us any juicy details? Um, well, it's pretty simple. Um, it's definitely going to be West Knit style. Colorful, yeah. geometric. I've got it with me now. Is this but, in production? Yeah, it's going to be huge. It's amazing. There's going to be two versions. A two-color version. And the one I'm holding now is like ten colors with neon pops, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I love brioche. It's cushy and reversible. and It is. It's a nice fabric. Yeah, it's the new garter stitch <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Just Thank now, you. is there anything else you want to tell us about before you go? Yeah, just keep following um, Yeah, Facebook, Instagram. I always post latest photos and news. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's always a lot to be inspired by that I get inspired by. So I always share that. So yeah, keep paying attention and I'll, yeah, hope to knock your swants off (laughs) soon. (laughs) That's brilliant. Well, thank you very much for agreeing to come to an interview. Yes. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Nice to talk to you. I know, I'm looking forward to uh, the brioche show coming out. Yeah, me too. I'm going to cover my whole body. I already have the brioche britches and a bolero and now I'm going to have a shawl. So I've head to toe brioche soon. Oh, it's going to be cozy. Mm -hmm. Are you wearing sequins? A little bit, yeah, oh, always. Very nice. Because you always have to have your color pop, your sparkle, and your texture. So I have fringe, sequins, and pop red pants. And oh, neon shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pop my pops with more pops. <laughs> Brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there you have it. I'm not entirely sure where I can go to, really, to follow Westy considering I'm not wearing swans at this stage or indeed any brioche. I feel I'm somewhat underprepared for the role and uh, so I'll draw it to a conclusion there. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I enjoyed recording it. Uh, It was good fun listening back to it. I was laughing away to myself during the editing etc for this episode. Uh, I thought it was great fun. 
Um, if you this is your first time over to the podcast, welcome. Hello, I hope you enjoyed the interview and hope maybe that you'll stick around and try some of the other episodes. And for all of the returning listeners that have been uh, with me for a while, thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. So I hope you all have a swanstastic week. Happy crafting and speak to you all again soon. Bye. Listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy, and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog, or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo@gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided via Music Alley, and it is Adam and the Walter Boys, and I need a drink. I need a drink.